0: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain. The rough country, a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up onto a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Here comes the power, the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom, and leading the ewes with care. The Word of the Lord.
1: The thing that come to you last night? They, they bring you candy? You know what? There was a new car in my driveway this morning. <laughs> uh, I wonder what I'm getting for Christmas. <laughs> just joking, just joking, huh? Boy, those commercials really get to me sometimes. You know, there's a, um, there's a condition. There's a condition common to human beings that I had never thought of before. And it's called learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. It happens when someone is in a traumatic situation indefinitely, indefinitely, and there's no escape, eventually he or she resigns to the suffering, stops trying, and behaves as if they are utterly helpless. Even if there was an opportunity out there to make things better, they are unable to do that because they are learned they are helpless. It prevents them from taking action. As a pastor, I've been able to see that or witness that just in the last month alone. I saw it in the school children. They were very happy to be back in school to be able to learn in the classroom, only to be told one day, we're gonna go back to online learning again. And everything like sports that they may have been involved in has been temporarily suspended, suddenly. And then one of them goes, Father, when is this all gonna end? I saw that in the emotion of a parishioner who lost his job last February. He's put out all these resumes. He's made all the contacts possible. He even prayed in novena, one right after the other. Father, there's nothing out there for me. What's yours? What's yours? What's making you stop believing that things could be better? Is it the fact that every time you keep trying, you're just disappointed over and over again? My friends, I'm here to tell you today that we have a God who moves us from learned hopelessness to learned deliverance, learned deliverance, and there's proof of it. In the first reading today, the Israelites are forced to live in a very different land, a country outside their own and it's rife with violence, politics, violence, corruption, and even finger pointing by their own people. There seems to be no army in sight that's gonna come and rescue them and give them the freedom that they're looking for. Things seem pretty helpless. Then one day, one day, heaven and earth meet six centuries later, marked with a vulnerable newborn baby, cradled in the arms of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Tell me. Capture that image for a second. Is that any different than the prophecy Isaiah mentioned in the first reading today about a powerful shepherd who will come and gather the lambs in his arms and leading them with care? Not really, not really. That's when the moment when kindness and truth meet. Justice and peace have embraced. And if you certainly believe that Jesus is our model, that we need to stop telling people how bad their sins are and start sharing how good the Father has always been. That is so important. It can move our attitude from learned helplessness to learned deliverance. You see, helplessness creates fear and self-indulgence and our world caves in upon ourselves where deliverance clears a straight path into our souls. How? How? By eliminating the twists and turns of sin. John the Baptist proclaimed that, that there is a Savior who's willing to help us, who's willing to come down and do what needs to be done over and over and over again. He does that not because we deserve it, but because of who he is. Who he is. My friends, that's the good that God has always been. Maybe you quite can't process what I just told you right now, but let me tell you a story that'll just capture what I'm trying to say. So have you ever heard of the story of Amal and the Night Visitors? Amal and the Night Visitors. It tells of a shepherd living with his single mom. And they're asked to provide hospitality to the three kings, who are on their way to Bethlehem because they see this miraculous star in the sky. So during the night, during the night when everyone is asleep, Amal's mother, who's consumed by learned helplessness because her son is a cripple who needs 24-7 care, while they're living on very meager means. So while everybody's sleeping, she attempts to steal the gold that the Magi has set aside as a gift for the Christ child. And just as she was about to do that, she gets caught in the act. But the Magi tells her, Woman, you may keep the gold. The child we seek doesn't need our gold. On love, and only love, he will build his kingdom. His pierced hand will hold no sceptre. His halo head will wear no crown. He will soon walk among us. He will bring us new life and receive our death. And the keys to his city will belong to the poor. Deeply moved by how good God has always been, the poor mother cries out, Wait! Wait! Here's your gold back For such a king, I've waited all my life. Thus learned deliverance. Learned deliverance. We know, we know, perhaps John the Baptist didn't know that at the time, that we're waiting for a king
0: too.